If you're one of those family members that's mourning a lost loved one, um, then please know that our prayers, our condolences are with you during that time. For those who have those serving in the military, yet again, we are blessed and honored for your service, and we want to say thank you so much. Um, like I said, we can't miss opportunities to honor, to celebrate, to worship. And us being back together is very special. You know, it's been nine weeks of us being away from one another in this capacity, but close to one another in our online services. We've had that opportunity uh, to at least be together. And, uh, and so uh, John uh, Lorenzo right now is still online. He's our online service director, and he's keeping everything going on Facebook so that we can continue to stay connected with folks. We were able to make some upgrades, and of course, because of the, we had already had that plan in place, and then the uh, pandemic struck, and so it took us all the way until this Thursday to be able to put up the new, uh, uh, get the new equipment in, but it's here now, and we're grateful for it, and we're thankful that we're able to uh, do additional things so that we can continue to feel one. Because it's important to keep in mind that there's about 30 to 35% of our congregation that would love to be here this morning, but they can't because they're considered vulnerable. And, and I wouldn't want to put them in danger, and I wouldn't want them to be in danger, and I know you wouldn't. But we're one church, we're one family, and we want to celebrate. But I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I am not excited to see some faces in the place, okay? Now, I will say that it's nice to see some faces next to the seats. So you're not even, you're still sitting next to somebody. Uh, uh, Mickey Van is right there with you, bro. So, <laughs> so we left seats up so that you would remember that you got, look, there's Ethel and Yvonne right there, sitting right there. Fred's tormenting them already. So, you know, <laughs> but, but uh, we came in one Sunday and it was so special that, uh, that Allison and, uh, and Di and them had put those faces up and it just lit up the room for all of us. And so we were just very grateful. Uh, as we, we ended the series last week, the middle, it was the perfect series I think you would agree for what we've been facing. And today we have a two-week series, and this series is really on faith in real life. And I think if anything right now, we've all had the challenge of what it means to have faith in real life, because real life kind of woke us up a little bit. And so as we look at this, the next two weeks today, we're going to talk about a kind of faith that all of you have that I have, that you have, that we all have, and sometimes I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. I want to talk about a persevering faith, a faith to persevere, a faith that is willing to persevere even the most difficult of circumstances in order to show the world that our faith is not a good time faith. It's an all-time faith. Bad times, good times, and every point in between, we still have faith. Listen, God is not off the throne. He has remained on his throne this whole time. No surprises to any of us. And so even with this horrific uh, pandemic, we've been able to know that there's a persevering faith. And if there's one thing that I learn is we have to know how to persevere. I remember when we first, on the 22nd, we had this shut it down. I said, boy, they better not take Easter from me. I'm going to be swinging, right? <laughs> Here it is, May 24th. Not only did we lose Easter and all those other things, but we went a little further. But you know what? We had persevering faith. So I, I couldn't even sleep last night. I was so excited about baptisms. I was so excited about baptisms. I could barely sleep. I kept waking up. Is it time? Oh, man. I, 
more hours, you know, because I was so excited. So God can take those things when you and I understand what it means to persevere. And literally it means to continue in a course of action. Listen to this. Even in the face of difficulty, listen to this, with little or no prospect of success, you have to persevere. Even us opening today is a major challenge in perseverance. We didn't know. When we started, we, had, we thought we needed three services. We weren't sure. It turns out we needed two services, which is perfect. God had a plan, but we had to persevere because we had to find the middle road between all of the struggle and all of the politics, God help us, and all of the opinion. I've never met so many experts in my life. Everybody's an expert, and I'm either a fool, you know. I've been called a fool and a bunch of other things. So, 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 you know, you have to understand that it took a plan to get here. But you know what faith is? Faith in real life reminds me of Dr. Martin Luther King. He said, faith is taking the first step when you don't see the rest of the staircase. And today is our first step. It's our first step. We don't see the rest of the staircase. But we know that God has a plan. And we know that we are going to gather together again. And one day we will fill our sanctuary in both services again like we were. But right now, it's full. It's full according to what God has planned. And some people say, well, Pastor Mike, what's the next step? The next step ain't happening until July 10th, no matter what. We ain't making no changes from now until July 10th because this was our first step. It's a safe step. It's a process, and everything we put in place was not for you, because you know we all have this problem of thinking everything's about us, right? It's for others. It's for others. And isn't that what Jesus said, that we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself? Why do you think he included the ourself? Because he knows you love some you, and I love some me, right? So he's like, I need you to love others the way you love you you know how you spend that extra time in the mirror ron's like what me <laughs> but when i understand the bible records supernatural events it records these supernatural events that required faith in order for them to take place i'm reminded of a follower of jesus named peter Peter is the only one in human history, aside from Jesus, to walk on water. The only other dude to ever walk on water. Nobody else has ever done that but Jesus and Peter. And there were 11 other guys in the boat that could have stepped out, but only one dude stepped out. Right? It took faith. It took faith. Peter stepped out of the boat, 11 other guys, and you know you know from that day forward, they were all like, man, I could have walked on water. <laughs> Don't you know? We're being real. Come on. You see Peter out there walking on the water. And like, I should have got out of the boat. <laughs> and you know, Peter's like, hey, guys, remember that time I walked on water? <laughs> you know, and then they're like, Peter, you can't do nothing. We can't do. Well, you remember that time I walked on water? Like, oh gosh, Peter, you're going to keep bringing that up. Have you walked on water? Because I have. It was awesome. 
But you know, there was that 11 other guys that were in the boat. And you know from that point, they wished, man, we could have all walked on the water, but we didn't. You see, the truth of the matter is, what does real faith look like? Real faith, you have to step out to, fa- to find out. That's what real faith is. You have to step out to find out. That's what real faith is for us, for, you, for me, for you. We have to step out to find out. It took a lot for us to step out in faith to open our doors. But we had to step out to find out. We had a plan in place. If things would have turned and they wouldn't have been good, we weren't going to do anything till July 10th. But things continued to trend in the right direction. And then we had to step out to find out. We didn't know, are we going to have to, are we going to get people who are going to get a little riled up when they have to get their temperature taken? We're going to get people who say, I don't want to wear a mask, or I don't want this, or I don't want that. I can't believe you're doing this. I don't see that in the Bible. Please don't ever say that to me. I've already had one do that, and I'm like, yeah, okay, you may leave. I don't see that in the Bible. Anyway, I have to get that off my chest. It's been a long time since I've been able to do that. So, But this is what Peter says. And Peter answered him. He said, Lord, if it is you. So Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. And he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come and I'll walk on the water. Peter sees Jesus. Everybody else is scared. They think it's a ghost. They think it's this. They think it's that. And Peter's like, Jesus, if it's you, if it's really you, call me and I'll step out. Sometimes God's calling you and I to something, but you won't step out. You'll never know if it's him unless you step out. Peter didn't know until the first time he got there. And he's like, hey, wait a second. This is awesome. But he said, if it's you, call me and I'll come to you. I'll demonstrate my faith. I'll step. And then he stepped out. Story doesn't stop there because most of you know, Peter took his eyes off Jesus for a minute and he began to sink. And then what happens? Jesus, Jesus looks at him and Jesus picks him up. Just because he stepped out didn't mean that he didn't falter. And there are times in our life when you and I are going to step out and we're going to struggle a little bit and we're going to think, maybe I made a mistake. But the truth is the only mistake you made was you took your eyes off Jesus. Amen. Step out of the boat and you start enjoying walking on the water and forget it was Jesus who gave you the ability to walk on water. Right? And then you start to sink and you want to blame Jesus. But no, Peter was smart enough to say, save me, Jesus. And there's a time and a place when you and I have to do that. Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. Jesus spoke to Peter. And despite his fear, despite his uncertainty, he trusted Jesus. But don't miss this. Peter didn't move until Jesus told him to. I said, Peter did not move until Jesus told him to. He didn't just jump out and think he could do it in his own power. He didn't jump out and think because he knows Jesus. No, he said, you tell me, Jesus, when you give me the word, I go. That's the same thing that happened when Lorena and I planted this church. We said, God, we won't start a day earlier and we won't stay a day longer. You tell us. You tell us, then we'll step. But until you say it, I'm be right here. But as soon as you say it, 
I'm going to run to you. Don't get out ahead of God. Don't miss that. Don't get out ahead of God. Some people start trying to get your will over God's will and you get out ahead of God and then you try and blame him when you're sinking. So it's important for us to understand God has a master plan for every single one of us. God has a master plan and he has a preferred future for you. Did you know God has a preferred future for you? The future he would like for you? That's what God would like. But he gave you free will choice and you've got to decide that you want that future. It requires a persevering faith. I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to guess that somebody in this room has had troubled times at some point in your life. And when you were following Jesus, you had troubled times. There are times when you and I are going to have to have a persevering faith. When we get a diagnosis that we're not sure about. When we, when we, when we have a relationship that breaks. When we have kids that go astray. When we, our marriage starts to struggle. We have these struggles, but we need a persevering faith and say, God, call me and I'll step out. It requires a faith that withstands our fears, that withstands our doubts, that withstands life's storms. A faith that causes us to refuse to give up or give in. Some people say, Pastor Mike, you're preaching from behind a plastic thing with a mask. What kind of, how are you preaching about uh, fear and faith? This is not for me and this is not for me. It's for you as I told you. I, just because I, I don't have to be a fool to show I have faith. Sometimes you got to be smart. Or you're going to, listen, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be dumb. You've got to be tough. I've been both. But when you get old, you get smarter. I almost pulled my shoulder out putting the microphone cord down my back today. I was like, oh, that... Reggie's wondering what was taking so long. I'm like, I've got to get this back in place before I can got to reach around. Like... I better be careful. I might do it right now. But this is what Ephesians says. It says we are his workmanship. Listen to what, listen, I hope this gets into your soul today. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created us with good works in mind. You have a plan. You have a purpose. You're not a mistake. God has a plan and he's prepared it for you and your job is to find that plan. But it's going to take a persevering faith because other things are going to come your way. And just like God has a master plan, please understand you and me, we are his masterpieces. He has a purpose for our life and that includes living in real life. That includes real life. That, in, that includes dealing with marriage issues and dealing with kids and dealing with jobs and dealing with loss of jobs and dealing with sicknesses and dealing with all the other garbage that this world throws at us. The only promise is we don't deal with it alone. We deal with it with God. He's a, he is at the forefront. We have a purpose. So many times we disqualify ourselves before we ever get started. 
So many times we disqualify ourselves before we ever get started and we place unrealistic expectations on ourselves that are impossible to live in real life. I'm never going to get mad again. Cut me off and find out. Right? Right? My wife just did it the other day. Okay, pastor. I said, girl, she's like, don't even tell me that. Could be one of your parishioners you're cutting off on. Right? If I've done that, forgive me. You know, we say these things that are impossible because we are unrealistic. That's why God gave us the gift of repentance. He knows you're not perfect. You're being what? And that's going to require some effort, guys. It's going to require us to work together. Persevering faith means that we continue. We stay the course in the face of uncertainty and we stay the course in the face of failure. We fail forward. I don't want to fail backwards. I fail forward. That's what's important. Some are listening today by way of broadcast, broadcast and you've and disqualified yourself. You disqualified yourself because you say, oh, I didn't have enough faith to come. No, you used your brain. You used the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said, not now, and you decided to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and not care about what other people think. Imagine what we would all do if we started to live according to God's plan and not worry about what other people are going to think. Who cares what they think? I only care about what one person thinks, and that's God. Everybody else? So what? Because here's what I know. I'm not going to please everybody all the time, but I can please God. Not all the time, but I can please Him, and I can repent when I don't get that right. So who does God use most often? Who does He use? This is the question that we have to answer ourselves. Who does He use? You know who God uses? The insecure. You can fill that in. He uses the insecure. I know. It's not in there, Siri. You know why? Because I ain't insecure no more. She said I couldn't find insecure in your music. That's right, because I ain't listening to insecure music. <laughs> you know? This music makes me feel so insecure. You know? No. Listen to music that's secure. But God uses insecure people. That's what I love. He goes and he calls Moses, right? He calls Moses. Moses has been educated. Moses is stepping up. And in and, and and, and, and Exodus 4, uh, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, he says, But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord. Anybody ever say that when God talked to you? Oh, my Lord. He said, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Neither in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. Basically saying, in case you forgot, God, when you met me, I wasn't eloquent. And now that I know you, I'm still not eloquent. He says, he says but I'm slow to speech and of tongue. And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Don't you love when God asks the question that he already knows the answer to? And you know that he knows that you know the answer. Right? He says, who makes him mute? Who makes him deaf? Who may seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Therefore, now, therefore, go, and I'll be your mouth, and I'll teach you what you shall speak. Amen. Right away, Moses says, man, I, 
I'm DQ'd. You can't use me. And God's like, what? Did I not make you? Can I not? Am I not able to? And God wants to speak to your hearts and minds. God doesn't want to hear your excuses because he's God. He'll eliminate them. <laughs> you can even create new ones and he'll just keep creating new answers. Right? God reminded Moses that he's God. Today, maybe God needs to remind you that he's God and you're not. Moses was insecure, not about, now listen to this. Moses was not insecure about God's ability. He knew that God could do anything. Moses was insecure about his ability. And that's what happens with you and I. We get in a situation where we say, oh, I trust Jesus all day long. I just don't trust me. And God's saying, I made you, and if I'm calling you, then you can trust you because I put my Holy Spirit in you to guide you and lead you. You see, living in this world, in this day and time, it has a way of making us feel secure. Some of us are told you way too much. Some of us are told you way too little. Some people are told that you should live this way, you should live that way, you should have this, you should have that. You're too old for this, you're too young for that. All the time we're hearing every reason, but the kind of faith that we need is the kind of faith that perseveres through chaos. Because chaos is thrown into, into us by this world regularly, but faith requires us to overcome our insecurity and step out in faith. And the only way that's going to happen is if you and I believe that God is able to use you. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. When I thought it was my perfect time, when it was the sweet spot, when I was supposed to be a lead pastor, was 33 years old, hey, Jesus, you know me, there we go. And then all of a sudden, they offer me a job and then they reject me. When I thought that was it, I was like, what? And then here I am, 39, going to be 40 the very next, the very next month, and now it's time to start a church, God? I'm going to start a church at 40? First, I was too young. They said at 33, you're too young. So then I'm thinking, I missed my sweet spot between 30 and 40. Somewhere I missed my spot. But God had a different plan, but I had to step out and say, God, whatever your plan is, I'll step out. So then I stepped out. So then I got no denomination, got no mother church, got no money, got no congregation, not, no place to meet, but we're going to have a church. And you know what God did? Boom, boom, one by one by one by one by one. He knocked down every possible uh, uh, um, struggle in our way. He created a miracle. A miracle. We had no sound system. By the end of one day, I voiced my opinion. We don't have a sound system. We had two donated to us before the end of the day. One guy drove from Alabama, Glenn Badonsky, drove from Alabama to bring me a sound system. Then, then I didn't have no way, I had no way of hauling that system around. And my brother-in-law's like, I got this trailer here that's the one that we still use, the one that we use for 417 Sundays in a row. <laughs> By the end of the day, I had a sound system and I had a, uh, a trailer. And then I had no place to meet, so then uh, this precious couple, George, uh, uh, um, uh, Josh's, uh, Josh Tuning's mom, uh, um, uh, Josh Tuning's um, in-laws, father-in-law and mother-in-law, 
said, you can meet at Native Sun as many Sundays as you want, a free warehouse. And then God provided us with the Willis S. Johns Rec Center, and we met there for eight years, never, having to never needing to break from that. God sent us Brad and Lisa Rice. So many miracles that I can tell you, so many things we were insecure about, but God had a plan. You know how many times I heard, you do church where? In a what? A gym? A church is not, a church is not the building. A church ain't a building. Yeah, we met in the gym. And you know what? God filled that gym and people walked on by, didn't they, Jeanette? They walked right on by and Jesus found you right there walking on by. You hear the music? And hallelujah. Story after story, God will take what you offer but listen, let's not offer him any more excuses. You know the other person that God uses? The unlikely. He uses the person that you wouldn't pick. Be careful about that. Because some of the people you pick, you can't trust. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Some of the people that you think that you pick, that you can rely on, they're not the ones. It's the faithful. Those people will turn on you in a heartbeat. As soon as trouble comes, they're out the door. You think you need the strongest, the prettiest, the this, the that, the this, the that. You need the faithful. You need the unlikely. The prophet Samuel, he goes and he's looking for the new king that's going to be anointed. He's going to take the place of Saul who's seven foot, ruddy, handsome, jacked. You know that Samuel goes looking for somebody seven foot and a half, right? More jacked, more rugged, sweeter beard, right? I can't even grow a beard. Help me, Jesus. My wife's happy, though, because she knows I'd be rocking a beard with some chops. She's like, thank you, Jesus. He can't grow a beard. When I grow a beard, it just looks like I got patches on my face of different colors. Looks like a coat of many colors. Just call me Joseph. You can tell I'm happy to be back. God only knows how long we're going to go today. All right, focus, Mike, focus. First Samuel 16, 7. When he, they came, he looked at Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. This is one of David's older brothers. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance or his height or stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Did you see that? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So you better be seven foot six and have a good heart if you want God to pick you. You know, there ain't nothing wrong with being ruddy and having a sweet beard. You just better make sure your heart's pure. And sometimes God uses the unlikely to prove that he's God. Hence David and Goliath, right? All his brothers are hiding behind rocks. Oh God. David shows up, what? To bring lunch. And he hears them talking noise about his God. And he's like, you are not going to let them talk about the Lord like that. He's like, shut up, boy. Don't, he's nine foot tall. He's like, he's running down the Lord God Almighty. You better take the bass off your voice. He might hear you. He's like, I want him to hear me. Then he goes into Saul. He's like, for real? None of these warriors want to fight? You better let me fight that giant for you. And understanding that at that time, if David lost, that meant all of Israel lost. 
It was champion versus champion. So then David, uh, Saul, Saul tries to put David in his armor, and Saul can't, uh, David can't move. He's like, he's like wearing his daddy's armor. He's like, I can't do this. I need, all I need is a slingshot and some rocks. And Saul's like, all right, my kingdom's over. Go ahead. And David walks out onto the field, and David's like, what's up, homie? I hear you talking about my God. This is the PMV version, right? And Goliath's like, really? You send a dog? He said, I'm not your dog. I ain't going to be too many dogs. Then he went, and he told him, he said, I'm going to cut. You know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to cut your head off with your own sword, boy. And everybody back there like, this man's crazy, right? Then he had crazy, and he did, boom. Then he walks over there, rushing, drags the boy's head back over and says, here you go. You come against me with a spear and a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, who this very day will give me your head. Unlikely. The boy was bringing lunch to the warriors. Here's the people. He said no, and that's what God was looking for. So what happens? He goes through all the sons, right? Finally, finally gets to David's dad. Now, this is, this, was, this is the precursor. Now you're going prequel. I just pulled Star Wars on you. You know how you see, like, set four, and now we're going back to episode one? That's what I just did to you, because, you know, we started with Luke Skywalker. Now we got to go back, all right? So then what happens is he says, is this all your sons? And Jesse says, well... We got this one kid. We keep him out in the fields. He just, he's got a harp and he loves to worship God. You know, he's one of those uh, artsy kids. You know, he's a bling, bling, bling. I love you, Jesus. You know, he ain't real ruddy. He ain't real tough. You know, he can do a little bit of this and that. He's a good shepherd, but uh, I got, hey, go get the boy. And he comes and the Lord sees him and says, that's the one I've been looking for. That's the one I've been looking for. The one who will worship me. The one who knows that I can use him. And then David goes on and he has to wait years until his anointing. But David was the unlikely candidate. And God delivered Israel through David. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that amazing when you think about that? David shows up. You know who else God uses? He uses failures. He uses failures. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God uses failures? You remember the story we started with? The only man to ever walk on water? Y'all remember him? He's also the guy that Jesus would say, Come on, Peter. Come on, man. We talked about this. Right? Peter said, man, I'll die with you, Jesus. And he meant it with all of his heart. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Peter, before the night's over, man, you're going to say you don't even know me. But you know what God knew? God knew he was going to restore Peter. Because he had told him earlier, he said, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. But when it's over, I want you to go strengthen your brothers. 
You have to remember what God spoke to you. Did you hear me what I just said? You have to remember what God spoke to you. He said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. And when he's done and you return, I need you to strengthen your brothers. And that's exactly what happened. That night, it happened, Luke 22. Peter says, man I, man, I don't know who you're talking about. And immediately as he was speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine it? I don't know him. And then Jesus, through a swollen eye, blood beaten, turns and looks right in your face. Right in your face. And said, Peter went and he wept bitterly. I just denied the only guy who ever saw anything in me other than a foul-mouthed fisherman. I just denied the only guy who ever saw something else in me. And I swore I would die for him. And I pulled the sword out and I, and I messed up and he healed the guy. And then I said I didn't know him and I ran away. And he doesn't want me anymore. I don't even deserve to be his follower. But Peter's story doesn't end there. You see, because then Peter went back to fishing. And the Lord came and cooked him breakfast. And he saw it was the Lord, man. And he jumped in the water and he swam to the Lord. You know he was wishing he could have ran on water that day because he just wanted to get to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You know he was just, he got there. And when he got to Jesus, Jesus cooked him breakfast. And Jesus said, Peter, I just need to know one thing, man. Do you love me? And Peter said, man, God, you know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And he asked him another time. Then finally the third time, Peter was hurt because he didn't understand God was restoring you. You might be hurt this morning because you don't understand God is restoring you right now. But you have to be able to hear it. He denied him three times. He had to be restored. And then he said, feed my sheep. You know what would happen 50 days later? Peter would preach in the very people that crucified Jesus. He would stand in the town square in front of God and everybody and say, you did it. You killed the Son of God. Acts chapter 2, he says, repent. Uh, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive, receive the gift of forgiveness and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and all who are far off, everyone who will call on the name of the Lord. He preached and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation so those who received his word were baptized and they were added about 3,000 souls that day. 50 days later, Peter was preaching and 3,000 people came into the kingdom in one sentence. God uses failures. God uses failures. So what's the lesson? What's the lesson about persevering faith? You know what? It's messy. Because you know right after Jesus restored Peter, you know he messed up immediately. Did you know that? Right away, Jesus says, well, let me tell you the way things are going to end for you. You're going to end very similar to the way they ended for me. 
When you're old, somebody's going to drag you away. They're going to take you to a place you don't want to go. And he knew that he meant his death. And then Peter looks at John, who was the beloved. The beloved. The one whom Jesus loved. Right? What about him? And you know what Jesus said? Mind your own business. That's the PMV version again. That's what he did. He's like, it ain't, that ain't no business for you. That I told you what your mission is, not what his mission is. You need to work out your own mission. And sometimes you and I need to hear that today. Right away we get restored and right away we forget we were restored. And right away we start worrying about somebody else. You need to start about your anointing, what God called you to do. Don't worry about what God's called me to do. I want to know what God's called you to do. That's a persevering faith. It requires faith. It requires total trust in the master plan of God. It requires faith in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It requires a real relationship with Jesus that has ups and has downs. That's just the truth. We must persevere through insecurity, through our unlikelihood, through failures in order to see God's master plan. But if we do, church, if we do... God will do more than we could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. We just have to trust Him. And that means we got to persevere. That means we got to persevere. Now, when I ask you to come to Jesus, I promise it is not, it is not easy. And anybody who ever lied to you and told you coming to Jesus is going to be the easiest thing you ever did? No, it's the best decision you ever made in your life, but it's, it's going to require a lot of hard work. And you're going to have to take it. Jesus said you're going to take up your cross. If you're looking for a crown without a cross, you came to the wrong church. Because there ain't no crown without a cross. And anybody who tells you there is, they're lying. Jesus said anyone who wants to follow me must take up his cross daily and follow me. And if we do that, We'll have a persevering faith. And people will look at us. You know your friends, family have been watching you through this pandemic. Who do you believe in? Who do you trust in? Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen? Amen? Here's the coolest thing about faith. God has already been building it in you right now. And if you need him to increase it, all you have to do is say, God, increase my faith. And he'll do a miracle for you right now. It requires that you believe and receive Jesus. Even the demons believe in, in God. And they shudder. But it requires a believing and a receiving. And you say, How, where do you see that in the Bible? Glad you asked. John chapter 1, verse 12. Everyone who received him, to everyone who believed him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. You've heard the story of the cross of Jesus. You've heard the good news. Now you receive the good news. You believe it. And what is the first fruit of belief? Repentance. Agreeing with God that I need you and I can't fix myself, but you can. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. We say thank you so much for your mercy, your love, your goodness, and your grace. God, right now we trust you. We need a persevering faith. And we're just asking right now, God, that you'll speak to each and every person's life, each and every person's heart, each and every person's soul. We pray right now, God, that you'll just begin to build faith in them. If you're here this morning or you're listening online and you need Jesus more than your next breath, you need Jesus more than your next heartbeat, 
And you can just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. I trust you. I give you everything I am and everything I'm not. I repent. I call upon your name. I know that I'm not perfect, but I'm being perfected. Holy Spirit, come. Live in me. Work in me. And I know that this life won't be easy, but I choose to take up my cross. And one day I know that you'll present me with a crown. The crown of life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a huge hand clap today because he's a good God? Man. If you said that prayer, welcome, welcome, welcome to the kingdom of God. Uh, If you're listening online, tell somebody about it. Be sure to let everybody know. I want to thank you guys so much. Uh, It's been an amazing time. Remember the great way that we're doing a lot of no touch. And so uh, we have offering on the way out. If you have an offering you want to place, or remember the easiest and best way to do that is online through our apps, uh, COA-FL. And I want to just tell you something. Thank you for your faithfulness during this time. We supported every single one of our ministries through this whole pandemic. We cut back nowhere. We sent, we sent our, because of you, because of your faithfulness, we were able to do that. I also want you to know we didn't just stop there. We were able to send an additional $1,000 to India and feed thousands of people who are struggling for COVID relief who had no place to go, no place to eat. Oh, but we weren't done because God is faithful and you are faithful. We then found out that our missions team, our enriched missions team, they needed to be able to continue to feed lunch to those children in Nicaragua. So we sent them $500 to make sure that the mission continued. But all of that happened because of your faithfulness and your generosity to the Lord. The truth of the matter is we were truly blessed throughout this whole pandemic because of your faithfulness. And we were able to minister in this city. We were able to feed our homeless brothers and sisters. We were able to reach out in so many different ways. And so I just want to say how proud I am of you uh, just for your faithfulness in that regard. Some were mailing your tithe in. Thank you. All of those things, your tithes and offerings that came in have been leveraged to the glory of God and continue to be so thank you for trusting us with that listen I want to bless you as you leave today you know I, I I've been waiting I've been blessing you online now I get to bless you online and in person so here we go father in the name of Jesus I pray for everybody listening online right now, and I pray for everybody in this sanctuary. I pray that you pour out such an abundant blessing on them that it cannot be contained, that it spills out into their homes, their neighborhoods, and the streets. I pray that wherever their feet touch, the good news of Jesus Christ will be lived and spread. And Father, we pray blessing upon blessing. We know that we are blessed to be a blessing, so we know when you bless us, we choose to bless you. It's in In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. I want to remind you, amen.